days of recording in the basement of Kramer Hall to becoming one of the most respected brands in all of student media. You are listening to KCLU Columbia 88.1 FM, a free service of MSA GPC. And welcome, welcome all on this beautiful sports Saturday here in Columbia, Missouri, to K and C Sports. Uh, we're we're going to have a great show for you today. I am joined, as always, by my good friend Cole Tusing. And today we have a special guest, Zach Berman. Zach, how you doing? Good. Uh, happy homecoming to everybody. Yeah, happy, Welcome back. Ha- happy homecoming. Welcome back if you're here in Columbia with us. Uh, Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We got a lot of great college football games to talk about, so... Some great college football games to talk about. I come from a Michigan family, so um, this is a big week for me. Michigan, Michigan State. I also come from a USC family, so the USC got a great win against Colorado, so I'm hoping they can make that Pac-12 push and probably not make it college football bound, playoff bound, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yep, so you got a couple games. Uh, A&M's on bye week, so, uh, so aside from Mizzou, I have nothing to care about, which is beautiful in its own way but uh we, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about college football today we got a great big college football show zach do you have any other schools besides missouri who you have an affinity for if i uh, i wish y'all could see me i'm making a little little low with my hands i grew up a diehard oregon fan and let's just say last week was epic tonight you go into the palouse it's gonna be crazy to say the least game day was there this morning Washington State's going for, I think they've beaten Oregon three straight years. And Justin Herbert's the best quarterback in the country there. I said it. And we'll see what happens. Oregon was a fluky fumble away from being unbeaten. Yep, Go Ducks. So, so, so a couple of a couple of huge games coming up this week in, in terms of college football. We're going to break a whole lot of them down after the break. So stick with us here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. KNC Sports will be back right after this short break. Whether it be t-shirts for your charity event or jerseys for your intramural team, let one-to-one print shop handle your custom apparel needs. Need some inspiration in crafting a logo or design? Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at one-to-one print shop and check out some of their latest work. Or check out their website at one-to-oneprintshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. One-to-one print shop is the place to get custom apparel in Columbia. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. 
cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. On Saturday, October 20th, Mizzou football returns home for their homecoming game against the Memphis Tigers. Barry Odom's guy looked to get back on track against his former team in one of the biggest games of the year. Tiger pregame live presented by El Rancho begins at 2 p.m. and kickoffs at 3 here on KCU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia online at KCOU.FM. So don't be afraid to take us wherever you go. I believe that you're that we're available uh, on, on Amazon Alexa as well. If you if you say uh you know, Alexa, turn on KCOU 88.1 FM. I believe I believe she'll do that for you. So if you got an Alexa, go ahead and, and, and shout at her. Um, but so big college football weekend. A uh, couple of games uh, in, in midweek that we can just slightly touch on. Uh, we're, we're just going to stick with the Division One stuff because I know FCS goes haywire in midweek. But uh, Georgia State uh, went to Arkansas State. And demolished them 51 to 35. Not much to say there, so we're not even going to talk about it. The big one that I kind of want to focus on uh, from the midweek is Stanford uh, going to Arizona and winning by a singular touchdown, 20 to 13 against the Sun Devils. Uh, pretty big one there. Uh, Wilkins uh, leading with 353 passing yards. He's the quarterback. For Arizona State, but that still was not enough. Let's talk about that uh, that two yard check down on the last play of the game. Just what were they doing? Play I calling mean, is play calling is just it, 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 a bad play call will kill a football game, and that was a bad play call. I mean, I get it, Herm Edwards an adjustment down in Tempe, but you know, I'm going to use some of his own words against him. You play to win the game, and a two yard check down. The game on the line against a good team in Stanford, that's not winning the game for you. It's it's definitely not. And and you look at how Wilkins played. I mean, he this this Sun Devils team has a solid quarterback, or at least a, a, a quarterback who had a solid performance. 26 of 43, 353 yards, a single interception. Miles ahead of, of Stanford's quarterback, uh, KJ Costello, who, uh, who went 22 for 29 for 231. And and had a touchdown, but got sacked once. You know, yardage wise, yardage wise, it was it was all in favor of the Sun Devils for quarterback. So Cole, my question to you is, if you're Arizona State, how do you not win this? What are we, what are you doing? Well, you know, Arizona State, you know, you had a bad week and everything. You had a tough one against Michigan State a few weeks ago in a non-conference Big Ten matchup. But with your Michigan, if you're excuse me, Arizona State. You have to remember that. This is the one-week thing. Sure, you're not going to be college football playoff bound because you've had enough losses already. But, like, take in the next week. You know, have the quarterback, you know, check his progressions again, check his reads. You know, go back to your zone plays they are known for in the Pac-12. And then just, you know, move on to the next game. I'm pretty sure Arizona State is playing Utah next week, if I'm not mistaken. USC, Number one defense in the country. USC on oh. the road. They do, they do play Utah in two weeks uh, at home in Tempe, so you're not going to have to go out into uh, into Utah's territory and play them. You'll be able to play the Utes at home, uh, but they do have the Trojans next week in California. I'm all, I'm all for one believing in a home field advantage, and 
USC's home field advantage it's not what it isn't used to be. as special as it used to be. Yeah, I think that's a winnable game for the Sun Devils. And if you want to, I mean, Herm Edwards already has one really good win under his belt, beating Michigan State at home. I think if you're Arizona State, that is a game that you got to look at and say, we can win this. USC's a marquee program. It's fallen on some tough times. You go out there and you come back to Tempe with a W, and people are going to be talking about it. USC definitely has fallen off a little bit, and I um, come from a USC family, so I have a lot to say about this. And you definitely are right about that, saying that you know USC plays in the Coliseum. You know they're you know they host the Rose Bowl every year, and you know you have great guys like Reggie Bush and Drew Smith and Sam Darnold come out of there, and you have you know Pete Carroll coached there one year. Yeah, Pete Pete Carroll was their coach for a while there. Um, and I do agree that USC has fallen off a little bit, but they got a great win against Colorado. They're starting to run the ball a little bit more. You're playing Utah this week, and I was talking about it with my dad, who is a USC alum, and he said that if USC is able to win out, they could theoretically still be in the Pac-12 championship. Against presumably They're, Oregon. The Trojans are currently leading the uh, the Pac-12 South, so you are correct. They are in a position to make that Pac-12 championship. There is, uh, there's, you know, you, you can almost say a three-way tie for first in the Pac-12 North because Oregon hasn't played as many uh, games as Stanford or Washington. They've played six, and then uh, the Car- the Cardinals and Washington have both played seven. But, of course, Oregon has that big head-to-head over Washington exactly. last week. Exactly. What a game that was. That was amazing. But, but and, and so going back to the Trojans, though, who are, you know, you, you mentioned are uh, going up against the Utah Utes in Utah uh, today at seven. We got some, some good old... You know, not Pac-12 after dark action yet, but uh, but pretty pretty late game there for the Pac-12. Hold on, is is Notre Dame coming to Los Angeles or is that game in South Bend? Um, that game is in South Bend. Yeah. USC could play spoiler down the road. I think USC is a good enough team to beat Notre Dame, and we'll get into Notre Dame in a second. But like that, that I I agree. I think the the uh, very strong potential that we're seeing right now is Trojans versus Ducks for the Pac-12. And that basically means that neither team will make the call. We won't have a Pac-12. We'll go to the Rose Bowl. We'll go to the Rose Bowl, yeah, but we will not have a, We will once again not have a year with a Pac-12 Actually, that champion. Game, Notre Dame SC is in the Coliseum. Ooh, man, that, that could be a Trojan game. That could be a Trojan win. Um, But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little Oregon's bit. Oregon's not a playoff team yet. I agree, I agree. They're, they're getting not. there. Mario Cristobal's doing a heck of a job out over in Eugene, and they got the recruits, they got the money, they got Nike. Look they, out for Oregon. I agree. I think I think Oregon, maybe not this year necessarily, but but in the coming years, they're going to be pretty darn solid. But moving on from uh, from the Thursday night games, Colorado State uh, traveled to to the Smurf turf over in in, in Boise, and then got their bums whooped, fifty six to twenty eight by Boise State. <laughs> um, there's once again. Not much to talk about. The Broncos really just taking it to the Rams here. Um, Boise State with a record of five and two. Who are their losses to? One of them's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma I know State that. and San Diego State in nineteen to thirteen. I, I mean, I'm sure that was a thriller if it was, if it was that close. But they've got wins over UConn, pretty big win over Wyoming, <laughs> uh, nice win over Nevada, and then they whooped up on Colorado State. 
they really don't play anyone special for the rest of the year. Um, BYU is no longer a special team. They did beat Wisconsin. They did beat Scotty. I'll give you that. So, I mean, maybe they're four and three. So, you know, they're okay. Um, ESPN right now has Boise State as an 82.4%, like near their matchup predictor, right? Um, ESPN has Boise State up by 82.4%. Is that game in Boise or in Provo? It is in Boise. Okay. Is is at Albertsons Stadium. Um, what a terrible name for terrible, a stadium. Terrible name for a stadium. I, I'm sure it was named after somebody, you know, like, you know, Mr. Albertsons, I'm sure it was some sort of famous Boise alum. What do you think about the Broncos so far, Cole? They're 5-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in the Mountain West. Well, Boise State is a team that I think goes under the radar a lot because they're not in a Power 5 conference like the SEC, the Big 10, the Pac-12, the Big 12. So not a lot of people talk about them. On hindsight, they are a good team. They work really hard, and you know they got if they got quality wins. Like San Diego State is a tough opponent, not only non-conference, but oh, they're they're Mountain West as well. They're they're in the West. Oh, excuse me, but San Diego State is not a bad team. Like you can't overlook the Aztecs at all because similar to Wake Forest, if you overlook a team like that, they will stomp on you every way. They'll, they'll pop up if you don't give them, if you don't give them respect. Um, so I guess a, a follow-up question, because you talk about Boise State uh, going under the radar because they're not in the Power Five. Do you think Boise State would be able to cut it in the Pac-12? Because that you know logically that would be the conference that they moved to if they were to go to a Power Five. They wouldn't be the first team I would choose for, to go from a group of five to a Power Five school. If you're looking at the American Athletic Conference, you have three unbeaten teams. You got UCF, you got Cincinnati, and you have USF. Houston's consistently yeah, you, good. Don't, don't be sleeping on U of H. They 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 put up a fight. They belong in the Big Twelve. Boise's honestly. good. I think Boise's better than Oregon State, but uh, eh, leave it to the. There's going to be a realignment in a couple of years. I, I don't be, know. I believe that the, most of the conference contracts expire in 2020. So, so you know, if if you want to mark a, if you want to mark a year on your calendar for this, for one of the most historic years in college football in a very long time, I suspect twenty twenty will be pretty huge. I think we'll we'll see a couple of conference, a couple of Power Five conferences get you know incredibly strong, and I think we'll see a couple of Group of Five conferences just you know get torn to shreds by the realignment. But so that that was the Boise State Colorado State game. Nothing too much more to talk about there. Um, and one one final game: Air Force going over UNLV forty-one to thirty-five. Not much to say there. Both of those teams are pretty bad. Hope you like offense. Yeah, seriously. Like no defense, but you know, not 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 a defense to be seen in either of those. But we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to start talking about the things that are actually happening today. So stay tuned. KCOU, we're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. 
And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Having a great sports Saturday here on this homecoming weekend. Happy homecoming once again. I'm Kyle Jones joined by Zach Berman and Colt Tusing. And uh, we're breaking down all the happenings around college football uh, throughout, you know, what happened over the week, over the you know past week, and then of course today. So let's start. Let's start small. Let's start start with the marquee stuff. Um, and, and by small, I mean you know relatively big. We got a big, uh, you know, a huge Big Twelve clash going on right now between number nine Oklahoma and unranked. TCU. And now, now when, when you say that, it does, not, it does not sound like your marquee matchup. But let me tell you something. The Horned Frogs are not someone who you want to mess with. TCU, while maybe not having the best year this year, has been consistently very good at football. And and, Gary Patterson has always had Oklahoma's number. And what's the score of that game right now? 31-27 in favor of Oklahoma. But I will say, game is being played in Texas, so I mean this this could go this could go the frogs' way. We've, we're uh, seven 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 minutes seven seconds left in the third. Uh, Sooners had the ball, but they're on their own twenty-seven. And it's second and eight. So, I'm a believer in Kyler Murray. I am too. Um, I think Kyler Murray's got skill. Now you bring up Oklahoma and TCU. It's a rematch of last year's Big 12 championship. I'm really surprised how bad TCU's defense has been the last two weeks. They're giving up three touchdowns a game and over 300 yards allowed. This is worrisome considering you are facing Oklahoma as a quarterback, Kyler Murray, who has a 70% completion percentage and only has three interceptions on the year. I mean, you're right. I mean, look look at the, look at how they played. Um, they, they lost 17-14 to Tech, a Texas Tech team that admittedly Texas is doing— Texas Tech is going to be—that's one of those programs that's going to be like— they're, they're, getting, they're climbing up the ladder Cliff, a bit. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is doing a really good job there. Um, four and two record the the Red Raiders, but then they beat uh, they beat Iowa State seventeen to fourteen. So they had they had identical score lines in in two consecutive weeks. One was a win, one was a loss. But then you look at before that, they allowed thirty one points to UT um, and lost that thirty one to sixteen. They got stomped by Ohio State forty to twenty eight. That was a very close game for three and a half quarters. I wouldn't consider that a stomping. Yeah, it, it was close, but then, but then uh, this, the Buckeyes pulled away. They did uh, in their in their cupcake matches, though. They beat SMU forty-two to twelve, and they beat uh, they beat Southern U fifty-five to seven. But you you can't really count those. Uh, if you look at their defensive numbers, you're you're right, Cole. They just have not been up to snuff lately. And when you look at the TCU defense, like there's nothing to write home about, but. When you bring up Oklahoma, they have one of the best, I would argue, one of the best offenses in the nation with Kyler Murray. And you also have a great receiving core with Marquise Brown, who has 33 receptions on the year with 675 yards. He has every catch. He averages over 20 yards a catch of yards-wise, which is amazing. Plus, you have seven touchdowns. Marquise Brown's got to have the best nickname in college football right now. What, what's his Hollywood name? Brown? Hollywood Brown. I like. Come that. on. I do like that. That's a that's a nice that's a nice nickname. I enjoy that. Um, but you you mentioned Kyler Murray. He's uh, 15 for 19 today. 168 yards and two touchdowns. Um, 
And don't don't be don't be forgetting about Kennedy Brooks, their running back, who's been doing relatively well this season. Fifteen attempts for 192 yards, averages 12.8 a carry, as long as being 49 and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy. I, I think I think Kyler Murray gets uh, gets a lot of the a lot of the you know carries on the ground. He'll, he'll you know he's kind of a Johnny Manziel esque quarterback where he'll he'll scramble when the play gets broken. Uh, but but when they do need a designed run with their back. Kennedy Brooks has been very well, especially as a, as a true freshman. Yeah, Kyler Murray, and we can talk about the whole Oklahoma de- offense, but what goes underrated? The Oklahoma defense. This is a top 10 defense in the nation statistically. You have Kenneth Murray, who gets three sacks a game. You have Parnell Motley, who gets two interceptions a game. And you have Curtis Bolton, who has at least a few fumbles so far this year. So we can talk about the offense, about like Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown and even the running back, but the defense, don't sleep on that defense, that Big 12 defense. Though it, it hasn't been good lately. I, I mean, I guess... Well, Texas gashed them. Yeah, Texas really Texas really exposed them. But then again, Texas is a very good team. They're a good team, and th- those, Red River, those Red River rivalry matches are always high scoring, and you never know who's going to win. It does not matter... Who is ranked? What either team's record is? When when those two teams face off in the old Cotton Bowl Stadium, from, you're starting from zero. Yeah, it's it's you 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 are two brand new programs who have never existed before or after, and it's always going to be high scoring, physical, and it's it's completely unpredictable. I would argue that was the best game of the year thus far. It, honestly, I'd I'd have to agree with you there. And when you bring up the Texas game, you have to remember you could think that Oklahoma's defense wasn't. Up to par, but it was played in UT. Well, not necessarily. It's, no, it's a neutral site. Yeah, it's, it's a neutral site. It's it's the old Cotton Bowl Stadium. I mean, usually there are more UT fans there than OU they fans. They try to make it 50-50. They, they try to. They try to. Because Dallas is just about halfway between Austin and Norman. And it's it's, it's such a cool atmosphere if you it's think great. about it. It's the Texas State Fair. The yeah, game's played got, right in the middle of that. You got the State Fair. You're right in the middle with the with the old Cotton Bowl Stadium. You got big Tex looking over at the big cowboy moving statue that caught on fire two years ago and they had to replace um, I mean, it's uh, the whole the whole idea. It's one of the best. It's one of the best. Hold on, got a question for you. How many more years do you think the Cotton Bowl is left in it? It's a matter of time before they move that over to Arlington. I mean, yeah, you, you, you mentioned that. And I, I agree that there is only a matter of time before they move that game to, to Jerry World. But at the same time, it's it's about so much tradition. You don't people will. People will, freak out if people they will game. people will riot on both campuses both students and alumni um, about moving that game from that spot I feel like you know it's it only is used once a year um, and it's only used they use it for a bowl or something too like the heart of Dallas bowl maybe or something yeah like I think that. they like the Belk Bowl or something pretty um, sure the Belk Bowl Charlotte but don't quote me on you that. might be you might be right um, but I, I think you're right, Heart of Dallas. So they use it like twice a year, which means it doesn't get too beat up by a bunch of people being in it. You it know, also doesn't get season. maintained. Yeah, it doesn't get maintained either. You're correct. Um, I mean, I think I think it'll stay there for for at least another five years. I think it, I think what's going to force it to be moved is if something goes catastrophically wrong, which is a sad thing to say, but. That's what happens with those kinds of stadiums with so much history behind it, so much, you know, 
culture and everything. You know, it's such a big part. And the idea that it's, it's right in the middle of the state fair, you know, that's what makes it so great. So before we move on to the Nets college football game, can we get a little prediction? Who do you think is going to win this football game, Oklahoma or TCU? Well, it's 38-27 to 27 right now, four and a half minutes left in the third. Frankly, I don't think the Horned Frogs have it in them to, to come back in this one. I think Boomer this is, Sooner. I think this is the Sooners game. How about you, Cole? Boomer Sooner. I'm guessing we have to go with Oklahoma. So it'll be three Oklahomas. Uh, you know, the game's already in process. I think it's a not a foregone conclusion, but it looks like we got OU winning this one. Let's uh let's head to our second matchup uh that we're gonna talk about. We're gonna we're gonna put off Michigan, Michigan State, because I think that's just too big of a game. Can we talk about the upset alert in Piscataway. Rutgers is beating Northwestern. No way. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be sleeping on this. Fifteen to ten. We got about three minutes to go in the third quarter. Can't be sleeping on those Scarlet Knights, and man. Thanks to the Raritan. Northwestern just they had a third and eight, their own thirty one yard line. Oh my word. That's that's big. That's pretty big. Okay, um, Rutgers, I see you. Yeah, seriously. Uh Iowa's currently skunking Maryland twenty three to nothing at the beginning of the fourth. That's that's nothing really to write home about. Pretty tight one in Temple. Cincinnati and Temple locked at ten to ten. Cincinnati, by the way, one of the uh, one of the few teams left in the nation that is undefeated. Six and zero, two and zero in American Athletic play. I believe Temple is an American team, so this is a conference game. Boy, do I hope that Cincinnati and UCF that game turns into a battle of the unbeatens. I would love to see it. That's November seventeenth, I think, in Orlando. I believe you're correct. That would be amazing. That'd be beautiful. And Cincinnati just scored, so they're on their they're they're in winning position. It's crazy to think that the American Athletic has three unbeatens all in one division. Not just one conference, one division. UCF, Cincinnati, USF all in the American East. Which well, UCF is going to play both those teams yeah, back they, to back. All three of those teams have to play each other. Um, since he plays USF, um, who is currently ranked 21st in the nation, by the way, uh, on the 10th of November, and then the very next week, they play UCF. UCF ends the season hosting the Bearcats and then going to Tampa. That's so, amazing. And you got you to gotta say, Charlie Strong, heck of a job he's done there with the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, especially coming out of Texas, uh, he had a terrible run with the Longhorns. Even though he beat Notre Dame, that was in a that was a classic game. Well, what do you think of the of the American Conference right now with these three unbeaten's? Just you know, like like should the American Conference be regarded higher? I think there are teams in the American that can be put into bigger conferences. Yeah. Well, it's going to depend on the whole realignment that's going to happen in. 2020, and you bring up the fact that should UCF, USF, Cincinnati, should they be considered power? Houston. Yep. Don't don't forget the Cougars. Power schools. Um, I don't know honestly because, like, I mean, what conference would you put them in? Like, if you put them in the SEC, for example, like, would you put them in the SEC East or would you put them in the heavily stacked SEC West? I, would, I don't know. Here, here's my thought. I'd argue. ACC, UCF, USF. And then Big 12 for U of H. Big 12 for U of H. Big 10 for Cincy. Since he can slot in the Big 10, I think UConn could go in somewhere too. And I don't think. Uh, they're, no. they're, they're one in five this season. They suck. Yeah, but 
basketball. That would be basketball. a huge get for basketball any conference that gets them. Basketball, they belong in the in the in the ACC. I would argue Big East too. Well, if, if you Ooh, if, if, if you I mean, I guess the, the Big East technically still. Yeah, but if you put them with the ACC, then you got them playing Syracuse all the time and. And Duke. And Duke. But no, but Syracuse is like their historic rival. That is true. Yeah, so I, I think they saw UConn could go ACC, but Boston College had to be Boston College and took their spot. Right. Boston College has done nothing with their spot in the ACC, so. They're not very good. No. In, in anything, really. But hockey. <laughs> hockey, yes. But, but not, not, not too much going after that. But yeah, Cincinnati uh, doing really well this season for themselves. UCF proclaiming themselves to be the national champions last year. Um, if they go another undefeated season, Cole, is this uh, does does that kind of almost strengthen their claim to the national championship? Hmm. Well, when you talk about them being the national championship, and if they decide to go undefeated once again, it just depends on who they play in the schedule. Like, do they play? You know top 25 opponents, do they play teams of the top caliber? Because if you play teams, you know, in that, you know, American Athletic Conference with USF, UC, excuse me, not UCF, Cincinnati, are they considered a national champion? No, because you're not in a top conference. Like, if you claim that you're, you can beat Bama, you're a national champion, go in the SEC West, play Bama, play Auburn, Play LSU. Schedule Go in the schedule SECs, those, Play Georgia. Yeah, schedule those strong non-con games. Because because let me read you out their their schedule that they've been that they've played this season. Now let me let me tell you if you find anything peculiar about it. They went into Connecticut, won fifty six to seventeen. They played South Carolina State, won thirty eight nothing. They were gonna play North Carolina. That game was canceled due to a hurricane. They played uh, Florida. You're talking and, about NC State? No, no, uh, North Carolina. Oh. Uh, they were go- they played FAU won fifty six thirty six played Pittsburgh won forty five fourteen SMU forty eight twenty Memphis thirty one thirty that was the closest game they've had all year it was against Memphis a team that's four and three one and three in the American Athletic and in town Conference. as we speak and in town getting ready to play the Tigers of Missouri as as we as we produce this show today UCF plays East Carolina. None, do, do any of those teams, at least to you, sound decent? No. Cole? East Carolina is a team that could have a good year, but they could also have a few bad years. Well, they're 2-4 and four right now, 0-3 in conference play. So I would say they're not having a very good year. UCF might just bulldoze them. Maybe. Very strong possibility. There. I mean, they've already taken teams out in bigger conferences. They took Pittsburgh out. Pittsburgh, of course, gave Notre Dame a run for their money last week. Yep. So, if, if if UCF wins out, goes to a bowl game. UCF wins out, they're going to a New Year's Six. Easily. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, if, if you're a com- if you're a conference champion, you go to. They one probably. Uh, I think they go Fiesta this year. Maybe, but but if they play a big team like like they did Auburn last year and they win. Cole, it's it, it would be two undefeated years in a row. Can we start putting UCF truly on the map? I still disagree with that statement. No, you don't put them on the map. Fair enough. Fair enough. What and, and, and so in your eyes, what they need to do to get on the map, you know, theoretically, would be to actually schedule strong 
non-conference opponents. Is that is that correct? Correct. So Do you are, think you could get like a good Power Five team to make a trip out to Orlando? See, yeah, that's the problem. Like, like I mean, I think now you might actually be able to. If they go undefeated again, they've got some prestige. That's marketability. That's a that's something that a, a Power Five team might see on their schedule. And think, wow, that's a strong game. That that's you know strength Hold of on schedule. A second. I know the BCS is dead, so we don't talk about strength of schedule much anymore. But that that's a strong pick on your strength of schedule sort of thing, you know? If you look right now, and I'm looking at the future schedules for, for UCF. UCF. Who are they playing next year? Do you know? Next year, they are playing Stanford. Oh, that's a... That, there and you that go. game is in Orlando. In Orlando against, against the Cards. <laughs> okay, see, that right there, Cole, that's a, that's a strong non-conference game. If and I'm they, looking into the future a little bit. They have a, they got a home and home starting with Georgia Tech in 2020. That's a strong ACC school. Don't they got them. North Carolina in 2020. All right. 2021, they are going to Louisville. All right, Cole. If they if they win those games, if they win those games, do, do the Golden Knights go on the map? Until the Golden Knights play Bama, I'm still not going to accept. <laughs> Bama? The are you kidding? You beat Bama, I will accept you as a national champion. That's the only way I can accept you as a national champion. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about national Bama champion. beat Auburn, and Auburn lost, or Auburn beat Bama, and then UCF beat Auburn. Oh, yeah, I don't. I I get all the Come rhetorical on. stuff, but I want to know definitively. Like, I don't care about Alabama losing to Auburn, then Auburn lost to UCF. Like, no, that's not how you become a national champion. Beat, you beat Bama. play against Bama, and I want to see how you match up. All if right. you beat them, okay, you're a national champion. If not, like, scratch it. So, so how about how about instead instead of focusing on the national championship, if you see if you see next season beat Stanford and you know you know they have these strong non-con wins, right? Do we start considering them for the college football playoff, and at Ooh. least give them a chance? I think it was at least give them a chance to become the national champion. No, honestly, because we were talking about I think last week saying you know teams like UCF you know. Teams not in the Power Five aren't going to be in the college football playoff. Yeah, teams not in the Power Five, not named Notre Dame. Hey, you next year you could make the argument if you if UCF runs the table again next year and beats Stanford. Well, and if USF then if USF and Cincy are only one or two lost teams, I think you could also argue that that Amer- the American Athletic is a Power Five caliber conference. You know? Yeah. No, that just there's too much separation between the top and the bottom. I mean Tulsa, you Yukon. I agree. Yeah, there's it's it's definitely it's definitely but then you also look at U of H, who like, you know, they're not undefeated anymore, but they got Ed U Oliver. U of H knocked off Louisville last two years ago. Yeah, and they got they got Ed Oliver, a guy you know, a guy who's, you know, predicted to wind up, you know, in Heisman contention, right? They've been they've been really good for the last couple of years. Major Applewhite's doing a really good job with that program. Uh, well, on the other hand, if look, look at this, Cincinnati's got a good schedule next year. Tough schedule, tough, much tougher. Who they got? Who they got? Their first two games are UCLA at home. I assume UCLA will be improved, and then oh, they boy. go to the shoe to play Ohio State. Holy cow! So the American Athletic has finally decided that the best way to justify getting teams into the college football playoff. Is to play big games against big schools, is, is, such it, as what Memphis is doing today. Yeah, exactly. Coming to town, taking on a school that's gonna. If you, th- 
Mizzou's got to have a chip on their shoulder oh, today. Oh, for sure, especially after the South Carolina game and then, you know, getting stomped on by Bama. Well, that was expected. Well, no, no, no. So, so losing to South Carolina was expected. And we'll get into this when we start talking, to Mizzou, uh, talking about Mizzou later in the show. Losing was expected. The way in which the game was lost... That, that's going to put a chip on anybody's shoulder. But we're going to talk about that later. Let's break down one more game, and then we're going to take a short break. And then we get to the marquee stuff. Exactly. So let's let's find find one more game. I'll, I'll let you choose, Cole. Um, I like Mississippi State LSU. Mississippi LSU is definitely a dark horse kind of team, not just in the SEC, but college football in general. They started the year off great with wins from Miami and Auburn, but dropped one in Gainesville, but seemed to pick it up with a win against Georgia. Joe Burrow not having the best of the year, but he's throwing it well, and he's setting his teammates up. But the Tigers' defense has to be on point with the Fitzgerald-Hill combo combined for 400 yards per game. LSU, you're right. LSU's been one of those crazy teams who were like, are they going to make it into the college football playoff or I not? think they do. Right, I, I believe they're up to number five now. I um, think LSU makes it to the college football playoff. But that being said, can't sleep on tonight, but in two weeks from now, Alabama's going to Death Valley. That may just, in fact, be the de facto national championship. It, it, I mean, it could, it very well could be, because I figure if you have two teams, two SEC teams in the, nas- in the, uh, in the college football playoff, you're going to have Bama at number one, and then you'll have LSU at number four. So that that would not be de facto national champion. You'd have you'd, that'd be a national championship semifinal. That's true. So I mean, unless LSU beats Bama, which then could they see, could would, would see probably LSU vaulting to three, vaulting to maybe three, maybe four, and then Bama going down to two. Now Bama, I, I don't know. There's a lot of hypotheticals. There's a lot of. I pers- pieces I personally, to the puzzle that have to be put in. I personally have said, and I, I've said this a couple weeks in a row now, I think Bama goes undefeated and wins the national championship this year. Hmm. I, from someone that was in Tuscaloosa last weekend, I can't help but think that you're right. <laughs> they looked unstoppable. But we're going to take a short break once again. When we come back, the marquee matchups, including breaking down Missouri versus Memphis as we build up to tonight's broadcast which you will be able to listen to live here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Stay tuned for more KNC Sports after the break. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry, and I'm an actor reaching out with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, which works with private landowners to protect wildlife, preserve natural habitats, and create permanent sanctuaries. To learn more, call 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Look around you. One in four kids in the U.S. faces hunger. It's not always easy to see the signs, But in this land of plenty, there are kids that don't know where they will get their next meal. Join Share Our Strength in Food Network and take the pledge to end childhood hunger here in America by 2015. Learn how at nokidhungry.org. Their next meal could come from you. 
Hello, we're Los Lobos for Red. It's okay to rock and roll and party. Just let someone else do the driving. Remember, designate. Public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. I gamble on your love, baby. While gambling can be fun if you're of a legal age, it's not a risk-free activity. For some college students, gambling for fun can turn into a serious problem and have a negative impact on their lives. Visit www.collegegambling.org to learn more about college gambling, how to make responsible decisions, and where to find resources for help if you have a gambling problem. This resource and message is brought to you by the National Center for Responsible Gaming and KCOU 88.1 FM. Artu, where are you? Artu? Artu? Artu, you're on fire! Artu, did you found a cigarette? Well, I don't think smoking is grown up at all. Because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs and is very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do, and I think we should set a good example. Well done, Artu. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health, and it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. Artu. Do you really think I don't have a heart? I don't believe it. My savings are gone. Okay. Think. Where'd you have them last? I was home, then I spent them on that vacation in this tiny suit of armor. Now they're gone. Weird. Weird? Not really. Not saving now means no money later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Oh, I broke his little gauntlet. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, the Missouri Society of CPAs, and the Ad Council. Sassy! Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us! And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. And we're going to start talking about the marquee matchups in, in college football going on today. So uh, one already in progress. Michigan playing Michigan State in Lansing. Uh, Big Blue up 7 nothing right now on Sparty. Um, but but uh, Michigan State is about to punt it away. 57 left in the first half. Cole, your diagnosis of the game so far and what Michigan, what Michigan is going to need to do to win this contest. Well, this is an interesting game for both sides. Both teams had great quality wins last week. Michigan win over Wisconsin and Michigan State won against at Penn State. Michigan State's had a roller coaster season so far. I know a lot of people gave up on them, but be careful. They're starting to start to throw the ball well with Brian Lewerk at center. Michigan State's going to need them at elite level going up against this tough Michigan defense who ranks top 20 in sacks. So, so far, Michigan-Michigan State is a big rivalry and 
like Mission Skate's going to have to play at the elite level to beat Big Blue of Ann Arbor, Michigan. All right, another big one going down, Alabama versus Tennessee in Knoxville. Zach, your thoughts on this one? It's going to be a butt whooping. <laughs> well, yeah. I wouldn't say that, per se, because not sure if you guys know this, but Alabama-Tennessee is actually a pretty big rivalry. No, it is. It's, it's just huge, yeah. Alabama has I, owned Tennessee so, the past couple of and years. And they're so unstoppable this whole season. I just can't see any other way that Tennessee's going to win this football game. But to be again. fair, I th- like everyone thinks that you know it's going to be a chalk off the board. Tennessee is going to lose by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, which at least. makes me question the spread's which, got Bama by twenty nine and a half goals. Which, that's more which, than Bama wait, 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 wait. favorite against which us. Which makes me question that it's going to be a lot closer than people are thinking. And when you think about it's going to be a huge upset and it's going to be a huge blowout, those close games actually happen a lot often. So, especially in Knott'sville, I would be careful with saying that it's going to be a blowout for Alabama. All right. Um, let's see another big one. Uh, NC State Clemson. That one's that one. I don't think enough, is getting enough hype. NC State 16th in the nation, undefeated. Might I add, Clemson also undefeated, though they should have lost to Texas A&M and Syracuse. And Syracuse. So we should be seeing a two-loss Clemson against NC State. Does NC, does the Wolfpack have a better chance than any other team playing Clemson this season? Call me crazy. I think North Carolina State walks out of. De- Walks out of the other Death Valley with a win today. I, I actually, I actually wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, let's see, and then one more big one before we start talking about Mizzou, Oregon, Washington State college game day was up there in Pullman this morning. I think they broke the attendance record set by really. Mizzou. Yeah, I got a friend out there. He said there were at least like twenty thousand people Dang. up there. That that record got set by Mizzou back in like twenty ten. Yeah, and. Herb Street, Corso, Dez, if y'all are listening, please come back to Mizzou for game day. We'll break the record again. I yeah. promise. We uh, Come back for, you know, Mizzou, Arkansas on Thanksgiving, <laughs> honestly. Half the, student body, half the student body will be gone. We'll still break the attendance record. I'm going to be watching that from my bed back home in Jersey. But, okay, but Oregon, Washington State, Oregon's going to have to put up a lot of points on the board with this one. I think it's going to be a shootout. You're playing one of the most prolific offenses in the nation. Gardner Minshew has looked unstoppable with a 60-yard completion percentage with 19 touchdowns. Washington State, top three offense in the nation, and I I personally think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout, it's too. It's definitely going to be a whoever shootout. Scores, whoever scores first, I think, is going to win this game. Washington, Oregon's defense is very good. Washington State's favored by three in this one. I'm willing to say that Washington State gets the win here. I... I mean, I'm not going to dispute that, but Oregon's got a better defense. and I They think, do. They do. I, I think the Ducks are going to make a play late. Justin Herbert, like I said, best quarterback in the country. And I just think I, if I think Oregon can gash Washington State, if they could beat up on Washington, they can beat up on Washington State. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's, that's a fair assessment. Oregon is now mad. That was an absolutely phenomenal game against the Huskies last weekend. And I think that Oregon is – they really screwed themselves out of a playoff spot that Stanford lost, a game that they blew. They should have won. If Oregon beats Stanford and then beats Washington State tonight, they're top five. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Well, look at the comparison. Oregon gets 43 points a game. Washington State gets 42 points a game. Oregon allows 25 points a game. Washington State allows 24 points a game. Oregon's total yards is 482. Washington State is 483. 
Oregon yards allowed is 361. Washington State is 311. So this is a very similar team, pretty much identical. At least on the sta- at least in stats, that is, that is correct. It's going to be a shootout. I'm willing to I'm willing to take Washington State in this one. Zach, I'm sure you're taking your Ducks. Oh, of course. And Cole, growing up in a Pac-12 family, you don't lose games at home. I'm going with the Cougars on this one. Ooh. All right, all right. And then okay. so, so that brings us, of course, to our marquee matchup here on KCOU 88.1 FM. You'll be able to listen to it live coming up. Pregame starts at the end of this hour. Uh, I will be on Zach that. is staying in. We'll have Grayson Rainey and uh, Turner Klingemeyer and Chase Phillips coming in to the studio for some pre for some Tiger kickoff. Pride Tiger pregame live. Apologies. And then uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Bayoud and uh, David Coons will be on the call up at Burrow. Uh, Tigers playing host to the Memphis Tigers um, in a homecoming matchup, the 107th homecoming in the history of this fine higher education institution. <laughs> Perfect choice of words. When you take a look at this matchup, both teams took a loss last week. Memphis took a one below. Excuse me, a one-point loss to UCF. Meanwhile, for Mizzou, lost in Alabama. Mizzou's rushing defense is going to have to step up. Daryl Henderson is the second-best rusher in college football with a 10.3 average with 13 touchdowns. Meanwhile, Drew Locke has fell out of the Heisman race, so he's trying to revive that. I don't think he can. He's not reviving the Heisman I think, I think, the Heisman, I think that Heisman idea is dead. But I will say this. Mizzou is blessed by the fact that Memphis is a more running-based team because the D-line for the t- the D-line for the Missouri Tigers it's one of the best is, in the country. One of the best in the country. The secondary, on the other hand, sucks. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> sucks. Which you have to remember, Memphis's passing game isn't that bad. You have Brady White, who so far is 125 for 185, 1,700 yards, 67 completion percentage with 15 touchdowns and only one interception a year. But we're not talking about, like, this isn't a prolific passing attack. This isn't going to be, like, going up against two attack. Yeah, I agree with you. Guys, it's but... definitely not a great passing team, but, like, it's still a top 25 team in the nation, and, you know, they definitely second-best Russian team in the nation, so you definitely have to consider that. And I will, I will mention... That uh, that this Tiger team it was the uh, the first team all season to hold the Crimson Tide not under not under fifty not under fifty under forty. Not only that, but it was the most points Mizzou has scored. A team has scored on Bama this year. I uh, no, that's, really? that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, uh, A and M put up twenty three. Um, and then uh, Arkansas put up 31 in that 65-31 game. That was all garbage time. But it was all garbage time, yes, but but it, points are points. Let me speak to my concerns here about this game. Mizzou, yes, they weren't going to beat Alabama. The other two games they weren't favored in? They should have won against South Carolina. They should have won against South Carolina. And they got the game and they, stolen against Georgia. They beat themselves in that Georgia game. Yep. They were right up there with Georgia. Georgia's proven themselves to be not that good. They got shellacked in Baton Rouge last weekend. How does Mizzou not Mizzou this game? It's it's really a toss-up. This, this should, you know, theoretically be a one-loss team. And it's never good where, like, I feel like people are starting to Grow impatient with Barry Odom. I'm, I'm hearing those fire. I'm hearing those fire Barry Odom chants coming back um, lately on Twitter around campus. I've heard people talking about it. This happened last season 
around this time of year. And in fact, it's the exact identical situation where you were losing games where, frankly, you really shouldn't have. Got schlacked by Georgia and by Georgia last season. It was a schlacking. And then um, there's one other team that you know kicked kicked I think our it was teeth. Auburn. In. I believe you're right. I believe it was Auburn kicked our teeth in at home. And this was when and Purdue kicked our teeth in yeah, at home too. And this was but, when the this was when the Fireberry Odom chants started coming well, out. They're coming back. And they're coming back. And, 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 and I think I, if you want me to be really honest, I think in order to take that next step as a program. Barry Odom's got to go. I agree. I, I don't think he's of the caliber that, that the, the Tigers need to win SEC championships. This is the SEC. This is not the Big 12 where all you have to do is get a fluky game or two against Oklahoma or Texas and then boom, you're in the national 10, in the, yeah. 11 win team. You are playing up against quality opponents every, every week. week. Even even the crummy teams in the SEC are better than half the teams. Tennessee, in any, Ole Miss, those are very good teams. Yeah, even the crummy teams are better than half the teams in any other conference. Vanderbilt's really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we don't have too much time. Uh, we're going to leave it with this. Cole, your prediction for tonight's matchup. It's a Tiger-Tiger matchup. Last year, in homecoming, Mizzou stomped on Idaho. The last time Mizzou lost a homecoming game in Furrow was Middle Tennessee. Memphis gets 44 points a game. Mizzou gets 34. Memphis allows 25 a game. Mizzou allows 30. Total yards, Memphis is 539. Mizzou is 477. Memphis yards allowed is 364. Mizzou is 420, but that can be chalked up to the weak secondary on Mizzou's part. It's going to be a Tiger-Tiger matchup in Faro on homecoming. I think Mizzou is going to win this game. Shoot that cannon. I think I think you're right. I think it's going to be a close one. Zach? I'm I, not optimistic. I'm, I know you're not, and I'm going to leave you because I know that you are on the pregame show, which you'll be breaking this down even more than you already have. So, folks, if you want to hear what Zach has to say about this football game, stay tuned. Tiger kickoff, Tiger pregame live is coming up uh, right it after. It may be a bit harsh. I'm not going to lie. But Tiger pregame live coming up right after our break here. Zach's going to stay in the studios. You're going to be listen, listening to him as this uh, afternoon goes on. Happy homecoming. Thanks for tuning in today to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for Cole Tusing, my uh, my good friend and our producer here on the show today. Thanks for tuning in to us each and every week. Uh, we are usually on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock, so make sure you tune in to the show at our regular time. Tiger Kickoff Live coming up next, so stay tuned and have a happy homecoming.